Warning, this podcast contains explicit language and is best listened to while not a prude. This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Forhims, ZipRecruiter, Stamps.com, and by the new zero-calorie slash zero-belief religion for the modern Christian, Giant Joke. But just for the waste of it, Giant Joke. And now, The Scathing Atheist. Okay, folks, this is how you do it. You go to your app store for whatever system that you've got. If you've got the Firefox OS for your phone, then I don't know what to tell you. You're just strange anyhow. You're strange, but I love you that strange. Anyhow, you download a sound recording application to your phone. Then you press the red button, and then you talk into it. And you say stuff like, hi, this is your old pal Dan, at your old pal Dan on Twitter. And we did, in fact, come from the very filthiest of monkey men. It's Thursday. It's May 31st. And I just took an Ambien, so you can blame the rest of the show on that. <laughs> I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. New York, New York. Secret Lair, Pennsylvania. This is Scathing Atheist. On this week's episode, Catholic hospitals knew they kept those no Jews or Irish signs in the basement for a reason. <laughs> Alex Jones continued his slow, non-surgical tracheotomy by talking again this week. <laughs> and Seth Andrews will be here to rock for the cake. First... The diatribe. Around midday Saturday, I, I started getting messages from listeners about once every half hour linking me to this opinion piece in the New York Times. A lot of them with messages along the lines of, hey, isn't this exactly what your theocracy talk is about? And on the one hand, it's quite vindicating to see the nation's second largest newspaper prominently agreeing with something you've been traveling around the country to warn people about for the last year. And on the other hand, it's damn frustrating to realize that the New York Times is just now noticing. So the, the piece is by one Catherine Stewart, and it's titled A Christian National Blitz. In the op-ed, Stewart outlines a transparent effort by the Congressional Prayer Caucus Foundation to bring down the Constitution with a legislative DDoS attack called Project Blitz. And I do mean transparent. They're making no effort to hide their goal. So what's the goal? To overwhelm the courts with unconstitutional laws. One of the masterminds behind the scheme is pseudo-historian David Barton, who, who swears he thought PhD just meant pretty happening dancer. He's the one of the four people that make up Project Blitz's steering committee, and he's described the strategy as a whack-a-mole for the other side, adding, quote, it'll drive them crazy that they'll have to divide their resources out in opposing bills, end quote. And look, if you have absolutely no attachment to constitutional law and no moral qualms about forcibly clogging the American judicial system and grinding countless vital functions to a halt, this is a great strategy. Right. I mean, they've got plenty of crazy zealots in positions of power on federal, state and municipal levels all over the country. And passing an unconstitutional law is a hell of a lot quicker than getting rid of one through the courts. And even if it wasn't, they could just outman us. They could out dollar us. So their stated goal is to break the law so frequently that the courts have to give up on punishing them. 
Of course, all of this is done under the guise of religious freedom, but if the last few years have taught us anything, it's that that term's subject to radical reinterpretation at a moment's notice. And in case that wasn't clear, by the way, Project Blitz makes that explicit on their website as well. Twice in their mission statement, they talk about reclaiming the narrative and the language of religious liberty issues. In other words, changing the laws by redefining the words in them. Uh, Stewart sums it up nicely in the article. She says, quote, the mission has little to do with what most Americans would call religious freedom. This is just the latest attempt by religious extremists to use the coercive powers of government to secure a privileged position for their version of Christianity. End quote. Of course, none of this is at all new. We've been talking about this evolving strategy since the show started. I've been, I've been given a talk about it for the last few months, describing exactly this and occasionally in the exact same words as David Barton, except I add for fuck's sake at the end. What is new is how brazen they're getting. They're actively trying to reform our secular government into an evangelical Protestant theocracy, and they're no longer trying to hide it. They're just calling it Christian nationalism. And, and, and look, it's effective. According to Americans United for Separation of Church and State, more than 70 bills before state legislatures alone seem to be based on the legislative templates Project Blitz is churning out. And these are carefully worded, slightly unconstitutional laws that inch us a little closer to outright monotheistic monarchy while presenting themselves as common sense laws that seem harmless to most people. You know, a, a Minnesota law that allows teachers to post in God we trust in the classroom, an Oklahoma bill that would allow adoption agencies to discriminate on the basis of what they think Jesus thinks, a New Hampshire bill that would allow doctors to refuse necessary medical procedures if they make baby Jesus cry. And of course, all these bills are further couched in cushy little titles that are as close to the Stop Stepping on Babies and Boiling Puppies Act as they can get away with with a straight face. Like, for example, the Child Protection Act, or acts more like it, since they've managed to get virtually identical language introduced in at least four different bills. And what do these Child Protection Acts protect against? Why, being adopted by loving parents who fucked the wrong gender, of course. How about the eight Bible literacy acts that seek to carve out exceptions that allow holy books to be taught in schools, but only if it's the one that has real Jesus in it? Or, or the 10 First Amendment defense bills, which would legalize state-sanctioned discrimination across the board. And, of course, the 23 National Motto Display Acts, which would remind American people who their nation trusts in just in case they've never seen money. But, of course, if you're just the average unplugged voter, none of that seems like a big deal, right? I, they've, they've confused the definition of religious freedom with an Orwellian fervor that's left many observers honestly unable to recall what that's even supposed to mean. And so when they suddenly look up and realize that they're living in a world where there's one set of laws for the Christians and a different set of laws for everybody else, average Joe America is going to look to you and say, oh, that's what you were getting all Cassandra about. That's it. And as disparate as these goals might seem, they all come from the common source of Christian exceptionalism, the, the bullshit pseudo-historical construct promoted by David Barton and his discredited acolytes. This thoroughly debunked notion that America was founded as a Christian nation, despite our claim to fame being our secular government and our First Amendment expressly saying the opposite. And regardless of how anathema this concept is to real historians, evangelical dominionists are actively trying to insert into American textbooks, weave it into American theology and insert it into American law. And, and if you take a minute to scroll through their model bills, you'll see these themes reinforced again and again. They've got a model Civic Literacy Act and a, a Religion and History Act that require the posting of the founding documents in public schools, but then they go on to describe those founding documents in a way that purposely omits every possible reference to secularism or the importance of religious freedom. The, the original kind, that is. 
And look, when you're trying to connect these dots for people, you can feel like Glenn Beck standing at his chalkboard, right? I mean, even just in this diatribe, I'm arguing that laws about which founding documents we display in public schools is a threat to LGBT rights. So it's a hard struggle to motivate people on our side to take this seriously. But if we cede the past to these people, we're also giving them the future. They're talking about your Jesus. Interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Thelma and Louise of Atheism, Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick. Fellas, um, are you ready to accelerate? Yeah, okay. Sounds funny now, but I'm going to wake up one day in a car with Eli at the edge of the Grand Canyon. We're both going to be dressed like ladies. And it's going to be like, remember from the intro to, to headlines? <laughs> you don't, don't put stuff out. Is, like, is this because of what I did after he called us the Bonnie and Clyde of Atheism? Yes, oh, obviously. Well, okay, obviously. while Heath relives that traumatic memory, we're going to pause for a word from this week's first sponsor, Hymns. Hi, folks. Eli, Noah, and Heath here with another advertisement for 4 What's 4 Well, it's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness just for men. That's fancy words for dick pills. Mm -hmm. For Hims connects you with real doctors and medical grade solutions with well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions. That's also fancy words for dick pills. It is. It's true. The only problem with recommending for is that unlike other advertisers we have, it's important we speak only to our experience with the product because these are real medications and not yak extract that you'd find at a gas station. But of course, none of us have ever needed dick pills. Oh, so, no, of course. Not, yeah, okay. Difficult. Yeah. But like, okay, hypothetically, because yeah. we were yeah. doing an ad. Yeah, hypothetically, for the ad, dick pills worked awesome for us. Pure conjecture. I've had sex with a woman. Exactly. Me too. In fact, the other day, uh, just apropos of nothing, my dick was so hard, I snapped it off. I used it as a towel rack, and then I grew a new one. That's yeah. Yeah, you know what? My dick is actually how they think 9-11 happened. My dick was a towel rack on 9-11. That oh, wow. was... Sounds true. Erotic. Wow. That's what I think is true. Of a day. But just in case you don't have a magical penis like us, you might want to check out 4 And our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Uh, but I took my dick to the pharmacy, and the pharmacist was just like, that's the perfect dick. Your dick is perfect. He actually wanted to grind it up and turn it into dick pills. Probably. Crazy yeah. and true sounding. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen to you, go to forhims.com slash scathing. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash scathing. Forhims.com slash scathing. Dick pills. We hear they're awesome. And we're back. In our lead story tonight, the Republic of Ireland got their shit nominally together last week and overturned their pre-scientific abortion laws by an overwhelming majority. Nearly two-thirds of votes cast in the referendum sought to overturn a 1983 amendment that granted equal right to life to unborn children and the women they lived in. And after suffering through 35 years of seeing what that misguided bullshit actually looks like in practice, including the notorious case of Savita Halaponovar, the 31-year-old woman who died of sepsis because the Irish doctors weren't allowed to perform abortions while a fetal heartbeat was detectable, Ireland finally said enough. Yeah, when your laws have you aborting a mom in her... 130th trimester uh -huh. because there was some like jingly cum in her belly. It's <laughs> yes. probably time to change up the laws. <sighs> it's a very specific right to life. Yeah. <laughs> now, we already talked about this referendum a bit on the Skeptocrats, so I'm not going to focus so much on the vote here as I am on the resulting Christian freakout. Anna? 
What are the guys talking about? It's the newest, the greatest Christian freakout. All right, so obviously the Catholic Church was super active leading up to the referendum, urging their supporters to keep these unborn babies out of heaven at any cost. And the overwhelming extent to which they were ignored has them more than a little worried about their stranglehold on the Irish populace. And instead of the dire introspection that this might prompt in a sane person, Irish priests decided to throw tantrums. Hey, I get it. Can't fuck a kid who was never born, am I right? <laughs> no, okay, so for example... The Bishop of Elfin, Kevin Duran, took to the airwaves the day uh, following the announcement to urge Catholics who voted yes to at least confess their sins. After all, they don't want to wind up in hell with all those abortion havers. When asked during a television interview if a yes vote on the referendum was a de facto sin, Dolan replied, quote, if they knew and intended abortion as the outcome, yes, I believe so. <laughs> End quote. OK, what does he think the ballot looked like? Like. How many babies should we murder? A, a little. B, medium amount of murdering babies. C, all of them. D, Jill Stein. Vote once. What the well, fuck? Maybe he thinks some people voted yes to increase rubber glove sales. You know, there's a lot right. of Right. No, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and not every Catholic authority was quite so reserved. According to a Dublin morning radio show, a priest leading mass in the area on the Sunday after the decision was announced told his congregation that anyone who voted yes had no business expecting to receive Holy Communion. So, yeah, you can have your abortion, but if you do, he's taking his crackers and going home. Okay. Okay, Father, let's let's compromise. I used a condom, so I know that's some kind of... Let me just fill it up with wine for later. I'll fill the condom. That's like half and half these. This is my body. Take it and remember me. Unless you disagree with a 60-year-old virgin in two millennia, then you can fuck right yeah, off. Right. <laughs> my, exactly. my body now. Uh, of course, the real freak out is the sudden realization by Catholics that they don't have much dick left to swing in Irish politics. And I can't imagine why this is coming as a surprise to them. I mean, the media keeps referring to Ireland as a predominantly Catholic or even overwhelmingly Catholic country, but that belies the fact that the majority of Irish people don't give the least fuck what the Catholic Church has to say about anything. I mean, sure, nearly 80% of people in Ireland identify as Catholic, but only 30% of those Catholics attend church regularly, and 53% of Irish people say religion doesn't play an important role in their lives. So when it comes to checking boxes, sure, it's majority Catholic, but luckily for Irish women, when it comes to having morals, it's predominantly secular. Of course, not all Irish people are happy about the change, which is why we're joined by our good friend, Irish abortion clinic lady. Irish abortion clinic lady, how is this impacting you? Oh, it is a sad day, Noah. A sad day indeed. Yeah, I can understand how you'd feel that way. But you have to admit, it's a huge step forward for women's rights. Mm, indeed. It, oh, 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 but what about my rights? I see you brought your ghost puppet. Oh, I'm just the ghost of a wee tiny baby who was aborted by me mummy. Oh, why, mummy? Why did you abort me? I was going to cure cancer. Oh, re really? Which kind of uh, which kind of cancer? Face. Face cancer. You were going to cure. Yep. But alas, I was aborted, so it shall never be. That's a real pity. Irish abortion clinic lady, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Noah. May the Lord Jesus look on you with mercy and his bloody vengeance. I'm sure he will. And in, I love her. I love her so much. And in Meanwhile's news tonight, Christian broadcaster and Evil Universe Martin Sheen impersonator Rick Wiles took to his show <laughs> True News this week, despite its title being neither of those words, to give us an answer to gun control. Gentlemen, any guesses? Oh, uh, 
too many roads. We need schools with no roads that go there. Oh, there you go. Uh, gay Disney princesses. That's mm. a social ill panacea. They're, for they're a big yeah, problem. True. Just all true. Great ideas. Great ideas. No. According to Wiles, quote, we don't need gun control. We need demon control. What? That's what we need. <laughs> demon control. What? And only the church can control <laughs> demons through the name of Jesus Christ, what? through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the <laughs> word of God, end quote. What? So he wants the church, because they can control this, he wants the church to assign a safety demon to every teacher? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the only way to stop a bad demon is a good guy with a demon. Room full of demons. Or antipsychotics. One or the other <laughs> of those things will solve the problem. Right. Now, obviously, this is fucking stupid, but it does make you wonder how the NDA, the National Demon Association, will respond. Will respond. Will respond. Uh, Balthazar the evil. Balthazar, any response to the accusation that we need demon control to stop school shootings? Well, this is just patently ridiculous. What we need is better mental health care and uh, more doors. Uh, where were the demonically possessed fellow students who could uh, move stuff with their mind to stop the student? Uh, where was the projectile vomit that could have ended this situation? The answer is not to restrict the rights of demons and the possessed, but to make sure the right people are possessed at the right times. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, uh, yes. Uh, one more question. Is it true that you'll be appointing Oliver North to head the National Demon Association? Uh, no. No, that guy is way too evil. <laughs> Unless I force you to suffer through a defeated side that's probably going to last upwards of 90 seconds, we're going to pause for a quick word from our second sponsor this week, ZipRecruiter. All right, so what makes you think you'd be a good fit here at Puzzle and a Thunderstorm Entertainment? Well, I've never looked at a woman with lust. Okay, that's not really relevant. Sure it is, because Jesus says that when you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've already... Already committed adultery with her in your, in your heart. Yeah, I know. In your heart. Yeah, but that's not that's not relevant to this job. Means I'll live forever. No, it doesn't. Uh, God, why is it so hard to find good help? Well, first of all, you're using the Lord's name in vain, so he's cursing you with his magic, right? It's just like magic all around. Plus, secondly, you should try ZipRecruiter.com. Should I? Oh, big crikey, should you? See, ZipRecruiter.com learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply. They're so good that 80% of employers that post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Just one day, huh? Yep. Same time it took God to make all the stars and heavenly bodies. You can even post screening questions like, are you a good person? Have you ever watched a naughty movie? The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Okay, so how do I try ZipRecruiter? Well, right now, scathing atheist listeners can try ZipRecruiters for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. At ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing? ZipRecruiter.com slash scathing. Will do. Now, please go away. You smell like mold and failure. ZipRecruiter, smartest way to hire. Okay, now leave. Now. And we're back. Next up in headlines, in Spare the Rodney, Spoil the Child news. It looks like Christian preacher Rodney Howard Brown got super jealous after hearing us give all that attention to Pastor Matt Powell recently. In case you missed it, Powell's the 22-year-old rookie prospect who we covered two weeks in a row when he claimed the son helped the Jews bury all those fossils and then went on to prove the Gospels are all true because when 
For strangers masturbate in your house, they don't lie about it. Our job offers a weird window on the world. New listeners, you get used to it. You get used to it. Yeah. It's a weird two weeks. Well, grizzled veteran Rodney Howard Brown didn't like being shown up by some little freshman. (laughs) So he threw a series of tantrums until he got some attention. One meltdown was about people making fun of his holy laughter revivals that he holds. And another was about how members of U.S. Congress are drinking human blood and fucking little kids. I get it. I get it. My turnoffs are when people cut in line and the Rwandan genocide. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, just a quick background on Rodney Howard Brown. First of all, he comes from parents who don't love each other and gave him a hyphenated last name like monsters. (laughs) And you might remember him as the Pentecostal preacher who got invited to the White House last year where he laid hands on Donald Trump in order to prevent an imminent attack on the president. At which point the Secret Service was like, okay, well, now you have to stay here and tell us exactly what you know about an imminent attack. Are you lying? <laughs> We're going to count to three. One, two, and right after two and a half, Pastor Rodney was like, I make up less for money. Please. I, I lie. I, my money is all from lying. Please don't tell on me. Uh, slightly off topic, but is there anyone who's had a harder downturn in their job over the last two years than the Secret Service? Right? Like, these guys went from, oh, thanks for the recommendation. I'll check that book out to, sir, you have leftover fish sandwich on your face. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, they spent the entire Obama administration literally buried in hookers and cocaine. So, yeah, it was only going to go downhill for them. <laughs> yeah. So that guy is a pioneer of something called the Holy Laughter Movement. And he puts on revival meetings where congregants have laughing fits from all the the God floating around. And by that, I mean he very clearly sets up audience plants who go into fits of horribly fake laughter. Like, you got to watch the video if you get a chance. It's the best where it's just like, oh my God, I'm having a vaginal orgasm. Sorry, godly laughing fit. This is amazing. This is amazing. And, and then his weird, like, he has like a pit crew that just like runs over to the fake laughers and they do a little mime skit and then they, they bring them up front and they get blessed. It's so fucking stupid. I'm just saying these motherfuckers got nothing on Tom and Cecil, okay? They, amateurs. But neither of them laughed at that. <laughs> they don't listen. <laughs> so there you go. I'm right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so apparently those laughter revivals became the object of ridicule somehow. Can't imagine how. And Pastor Rodney freaked out and announced that we're all going to hell for laughing at the laughing. Speaking of which, Satanists at Bohemian Grove are having sex with each other, then fucking little kids, drinking their blood, and becoming members of Congress. That was the other thing on his to-do list for this month, <laughs> announcing the the gay pedophile vampires in Congress thing. Yeah. And uh, now at the top of our to-do list, attending one of this guy's laughter revivals. We <laughs> have got to go. Or or we go laugh at a child sacrifice. Ruin it for everybody. There Two you go. Birds, one yeah. stone. <laughs> and we've got a lot of inappropriate laughter that ruins it for everybody at Christian Movies Practice. We're, we're pretty good at that. <laughs> and in March for True Scotsman news tonight. Thousands of Christians marched on the White House this week as part of the Reclaim Jesus movement, which is weird because I didn't even know he'd been captured. It's like a whole, yeah. <laughs> Just God about to get on the phone with Trump practicing his Mel Gibson voice. Like, give me back my son. No, too much, too much. <laughs> give me back my son, please. Should I say please? Yeah. 
So the march, led by Bishop Michael Curry of the Episcopal Church, was meant as a rejection of Trump's policies and behavior by progressive Christians with support for the LGBTQ community and even a condemnation of sexual harassment in their message. Cool, cool, cool. So did they renounce the Bible? Yeah, right. It seems like they would renounce the Bible. (laughs) Yeah, the great march of, but some of us aren't assholes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So look, I wanted to report on this story for a couple of reasons. I know most of the time we dedicate this show to religious assholes like Josh Furstein, who we can all agree are dicks with a capital D. However, I bring up this march especially because I've noticed a worrying trend among atheists, and I'll venture among our listeners, who tend to be liberals, especially to make the mistake of saying these are the good ones and forgetting just how dangerous progressive cover for regressive ideas are. Right. Yeah. And and if we haven't made it clear where we stand on this, see all the odd numbered diatribes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And look, I've spoken elsewhere about this. And Noah said he's diatribed multiple times about the idea that like the Christian who's doing what the Bible says is in fact just as much Christian as your grew the Aunt Kathy who's never read the Bible but is pretty sure Jesus had a gay best friend. I want to point out how dangerous marches like the Reclaim Jesus one are. I mean, they lend a face of liberalism to inherently illiberal ideas. They allow archaic institutions to seem modern. But more importantly, they are almost always funneling money back to these so-called bad guys that they pretend to be different than. Right. Yeah. yeah. And this isn't even progressive. It's just a little chunk of like basic common decency among people who probably still donate money that ends up paying to like silence rape victims and heal gay people right. and campaign for people like Donald Trump. <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> oh, well, right. What do you think's happening? And look, I mean, less aggressive cancer is better, but that's not an argument against chemo. Right. I don't want to hear, I'd rather work with skin cancer than have pancreatic cancer. It's yeah, not a, right. Right. And just to prove my point, I went on the website for this thing, the March to Reclaim Jesus, and I read their statement and nonsensical, almost comically dishonest representation of the words that Jesus aside. The third name down on the list of their speakers is a member of the motherfucking National Baptist Convention. Yep. And look, Maybe that dude loves everyone and remembers the part of the Bible where Jesus asks for preferred pronouns. But (laughs) nobody whose collection plate is going towards one of the single largest financial forces against gay marriage and trans rights is what we would call progressive. Yeah. Look, I mean, everyone looks progressive compared to Pat Robertson, folks. That's not a good thing about them. It's a bad thing about Pat Robertson. Right. Because if you're looking for the name of the group that doesn't give a shit about what the Bible says and stands for equality and liberalism, numerically, statistically, and inherently, the word you're looking for is atheist. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And finally tonight, Alex Jones woke up and jammed his face into another salad bowl of meth and protein powder (laughs) last Thursday, like he usually does, and fired up a new episode of InfoWars during which he continued with his job of picking random stuff and proclaiming it to be a secret haven of sodomy. Past examples include when he accused Hillary Clinton of being a demon who molests little kids in a hidden underground labyrinth of fuck dungeons below a pizza place. Yep. Uh, Still no proof on that one way or the other. We're not sure. And also, (laughs) that time he claimed the LGBT community is causing people to put their dicks in the tailpipes of cars. Yep. Okay, so uh, let's play the game. It's time for Where's That Butt Sex? Ooh, ooh, <laughs> lightning round. Go, where's that butt uh, sex? 
Oh, um, between the pages of all the library books that start with J. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hidden in the Hewlett-Packard logo, if Dude, you think about true. it. I, that's true. I know where it is. Yeah, Ooh, oh, uh, in the microverse, created by George Soros at the center of the hollow earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bottom of Alex Jones' meth walk. Yeah, mm. definitely. <laughs> Good ideas, but uh, not the one I was thinking of. Uh, this time, in a rare twist, he actually might have landed on a real one. The Boy Scouts. According to Alex Jones, the Scouts... They used to be a good Christian organization, but now they're a den of pedophile sodomy, which, I mean, that does sound pretty accurate. But regardless, that's not related to the fact that condoms are available at the World Scout Jamboree, which is the reason he gave for his lunatic rant about the Boy Scouts being a pedophile den. Uh, here's the quote. The Boy Scouts of America is a pedophile induction center, just like the Vatican. And it's crafty how he sprinkles in a little truth there yeah, right? to confuse you. He also added, handing condoms to 11-year-olds is pedophilia. So uh, um, it is if you're about to fuck them, Alex Jones. <laughs> but, I mean, it doesn't really matter what you hand them at that point. That's not really the I feel like I he's mean, focused on the wrong There are thing. ways that you could give an 11-year-old a condom that is pedophilia. But I feel like if that's where Alex Jones' mind went, it's more on him than the scouts. <laughs> And I will list them now. All right. So the first way. Is... <laughs> no, it's all edited okay. anyway. Edited. Anyways, by the way, I thought Heath was joking. And I want to point out, they actually do hand out condoms at the World Scout Jamboree. I, I, I don't want to agree with Alex Jones here, but I'm weirded out. Right? I'm weirded out by that. Okay, guys, knots and ropes and condoms go nuts. No, no, no. I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, I mean, they go up to 18, like 21 with the venture something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, they're giving out condoms. Um, anyway, to close it out, as if just for us, Jones made the natural segue from pedophiles fucking 11-year-olds to 5G wireless signals giving us all cancer. Yeah, what? Okay. Just for the record, 5G means fifth generation. But apparently Alex Jones thinks there's going to be like... A 25% increase in the number of G's. And <laughs> our bodies won't be able to handle the big jump to that fifth G. Just flying around all fast and invisible. Speaking of which, um, Alex, if you're listening, when you hand a 5G smartphone to an 11-year-old and they get cancer, and then you fuck that 11-year-old, that is pedophilia. Yeah, Just that's FYI, the... in case you were confused about how it works. Okay, what if the 5G smartphone is a bribe? I'm asking and for a friend. And a moment too late, as always. We're going to close the headlines off for the night. Heath, Eli, thanks as always. Eli's the friend. And when we come back, Andrew's going to be all kinds of pissed. <laughs> <laughs> two, oh, one. Hey, Eli, I'm spelling that wrong, but uh, what are you doing with that box? Oh, hey, Heath, just... Moving into my new home. Oh, wow. Uh, you and Anna found a place in Hawaii? <laughs> no, 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 Heath. House shopping is an impossible labyrinth made of nothing but pain. This box is my new house. Eli, no, no, no. You, you can't live in a box in our living room. Nope. I know that. That's why I'm going to mail myself from place to place with stamps.com. You're going to mail yourself from place to place? Yeah, and Stamps.com makes it easy. With Stamps.com, you can access all the amazing services of the post office right from your desk, 24-7, when it's convenient for you. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, 
any package using your own computer and printer. So if I'm off to Alaska, it's just a few clicks and Stamps.com finds exactly the postage I need. No, 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 Eli. I I know Stamps.com is great. We use Stamps.com to send our Patreon rewards, to sell things on eBay, and even just to mail letters and send gifts. But I don't think you can use it to ship yourself around the world because you can't find a house. That's not. (laughs) Maybe for some people, Heath. But right now, I can use scathing for a special offer that includes $55 of free postage, a digital scale, and a four-week trial. So don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in scathing. That's stamps.com. Enter scathing. No, I mean, there's no kitchen or bathroom in the box, and then you're going to have to... <laughs> I beg to differ, Heath. Eli? Is there a box full of poop in my living room right now? No. Are you lying? Yeah. <laughs> Years ago, a monthly movie review segment on this show spun off as its own podcast, God Awful Movies. But if we've learned anything since then, it's that Christians suck at everything, not just movies. So we're happy to present another edition <laughs> of God Awful Music. 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 And joining Heath, Eli, and myself for this foray into Christian harmonics is our resident expert in outdated Christian tunes. Seth Andrews is the host of the Thinking Atheist podcast and the author of Deconverted, A Journey from Religion to Reason, and Sacred Cows, a lighthearted look at belief and tradition around the world. But before all that, he was a Christian radio personality and a Christian rock enthusiast. Seth, welcome back to the show. Yeah, man, we were rocking for Jesus. We were rocking for the rock. We were rocking for the king, man. I was that guy. I was that guy. I was a guy with the posters in his bedroom and I don't know how many cassettes I had lining the wall. And, you know, I had the sock tie and the, and the, uh, and the white jacket and the, I was, I was like, if VH1 threw up all over you, that's what I looked like. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what you guys were doing, but it weren't rocking. So VH1 ate too much cotton candy at a youth retreat. (laughs) All right, so Heath, tell us, what will we be breaking down today? Okay, we watched the music video for 666 by DeGarmo and Key. And it's the story of how Satan is corrupting the world 160 kilobytes at a time. (laughs) (laughs) And Eli, how bad was this video? Well... If you love being Rickrolled, but you always thought if only that guy was allowed to keep talking, I bet he has a mental illness, you will love this music video. All right. Now, Seth, you actually recommended this one to us. Thank you for that. Well, let's Um, let's qualify recommended. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, we are aware of this and its existence and you told us of it. Yeah. It's like the elephant's foot in Chernobyl. Like, you know, you warned us we were digging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is the musical elephant's foot at Chernobyl. So uh, now when you mentioned this to me at first, you said this was originally banned from the airwaves for being too, too bad. Or yeah, I mean, like, was, if it was uh, too bad, that would make sense. There was a lot of controversy about it. It's first of all, for those who aren't familiar with the, the band, it was a couple of guys, Ed DeGarmo and Dana Key, DeGarmo and Key. 
Uh, Dana Key played guitar. Ed DeGarmo played the keyboard and guitar, which in the 80s was <laughs> was the keyboardist attempt to try to get chicks. Right. It was just, they got tired of the drummers worked. and the guitar players getting all the women. And so someone invented the guitar so they could do keyboard solos on stage. So, female <laughs> listeners, Google guitar right now, but I'll warn you, you're about to get wet. Like, don't, don't do it at work. Men, too. I don't know if that's a wet thing, but you're going to get. And these guys were, uh, you know, their music was very much 80s. You know, they had that sort of uh, analog synth backdrop. And this album, the communication album, was very much that way. This was in the middle of the 80s. I think the album released in 84. And they uh, and MTV was relatively new. And so everybody in Christian circles was desperate to get what we called crossover airplay, which means, man, I wish a pop rock station would play this song. And get our our get us out of the bubble that we were in, you know. I wish MTV would play our video, and that became the holy grail for Christian music. And so this was DeGarmo and Key's attempt to get mainstream airplay, and to a degree, it worked. I believe it's the first quote unquote Christian song that ever aired on MTV. And uh, wow. there's a segment, and we'll get to it, but there's a segment of the video called which it integrated what they called a full body burn. It was the Antichrist, and we'll get into what it exactly was. But it was considered offensive. And, the you know, you got to remember the hearings were going on in front of the Senate. and Everybody was talking about the censorship of uh, and labeling of rock music, pop music, the damaging to a generation. So that was the culture. And so they were like, oh, God, it's violent content. And, and I think somebody at MTV actually thought it was an anti. They didn't know DeCarmon Key, so they thought it was an anti-Christianity video. So they banned it. <laughs> and so DeCarmon Key's <laughs> producers and record company had to go back and reproduce the video, change a scene, tap everybody at MTV on the shoulder and say, we actually believe in Jesus. And then they put the, the video back on the air. So th- <laughs> I love it. Someone at MTV was like, all right, this rock and roll thing has gone to. No, no, we're part of the problem. Oh, okay, you're part of the problem. Yeah, we'll throw oh, you right. this. Sorry. We, honest, we haven't seen this imagery used non-ironically in like 20 years. That's on me. That's on me. Still Christian. Fun. Look at you. So, all right. So before we get into the video proper, is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say best worst accidental allusion to pedophilia. Accidental? Um, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. We'll get there. But the very end of this thing, they managed to do that somehow. <laughs> and they also managed to miss one of the actors being visibly disgusted, as one should be, by an allusion to pedophilia in a music video. It's baffling. I don't know how they missed it. Eli, any best worsts? I'm going to go with best worst recruiting method. Uh, Again, I don't want to spoil anything, but who knew those 100 free hours of AOL were from the devil? (laughs) (laughs) I had a few. I had uh, best worst nighttime sunglasses. (laughs) Uh, They all, everybody walked around in that video like those, uh, the cops in that uh, old arcade game time crisis. Remember, you know, pop up and they had this. Sunglasses on. Uh, I've got in regard to Dana Key as lead singer. I've got best worst impression of the Amish kid in the movie Witness because he had the bowl haircut. (laughs) And regarding the main character, best worst attempt to reproduce a Christian version of Kevin Bacon. 
Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Footloose released the very same freaking year. Now, Christianity <laughs> loves to find what's popular, and they try to make their own sort of vanilla version of it. And I looked at this guy, and I'm like, this is what would happen if Madame Tussaud's Wax Museum attempted Kevin Bacon, and then they had a problem with the thermostat. Sort of <laughs> it's Kevin Turkey Bacon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and oh, okay, I've got to say, everything in this video is so incredibly of its time, right? Like literally, the video starts off with a floppy disk on a picture tube with a font that we retired in 1989, <laughs> followed by a Newton's cradle, a pat, and then the synth kicks in. Uh, five and a quarter floppy disk. <laughs> yeah, five disc. and a quarter the floppy. actual yeah. floppy, floppy disk. <laughs> yes. It's so much nostalgia. I just want to make America great again. That's the best. <laughs> now, guys, maybe you can explain this. Someone printed out the save icon as a coaster. Is that what that... <laughs> can you explain what that is? I was born in 1987, so just like keep in mind... Now, in its, defense, in its defense, though, in this video, that is still the most useful a five and a quarter floppy disk has ever been since it was invented. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Yeah, it, apparently it holds an entire music video. Yeah, what? right. Like that's, <laughs> that's that's not the number six 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 is just about all that fits on that floppy disk. <laughs> You're not getting a music video on that thing. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, so the the video starts out with this kid at, at his desk, and he's got this floppy disk with 666 written on it. And I guess the video is supposed to be the game that's contained within the disk, which is the music video, right? Right, but they blow that right away. It's It says loading video game program. And I wanted the computer to be like, which is... The game, not not like a driver for the game. You know what? Never mind. It's just video. Stupid. Stupid. All right. So we get that awesome 80s synth intro and then the lyrics begin. Uh, he says, I was feeling kind of restless, so I went out for a walk. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he went out for a walk in the uh, dry ice district <laughs> of his town, apparently. It's one of those steam powered sidewalks yeah, that he was right, on. <laughs> right. Right. It's, yeah. It's a combination of hookers and stunt doubles for Miami Vice on this street. That's who <laughs> yeah. lives on this street. Once again, we see Christian media in this extremely clumsy position of trying to communicate. These are hookers without making them look, dress, walk, or talk in any way like hookers. Right, right yeah. Matthew 5.20. But I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in their heart. So they they don't want to be behind that. So what they do, they say, all right, let's make her look like a hooker. What do they do? They remove the woman's sleeves. <laughs> She's like actually giving people directions with a map. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Show her arms. That ought to do it. Yeah. That's an awful lot of shoulder, guys. A lot of shoulder here. So, and then the lyrics take a weird turn. Okay, so, so far we've got this guy went out for a walk and he talked to Agent Smith for a while. And then the lyrics say, said, I've been waiting for this moment all my life. And I'm like, damn, you should have dreamed bigger, DeGarmo or Key. Question. So you go for a walk and you run into Agent Smith. And you just talk for hours with him? Yeah. Like, I, whatever happens at this point, I feel like it's your fault. Like, you're not being responsible. We're like a virus, you say. I get it. I get it. Now, at this point in the video, we get skulls and all the members of the band looking 
bored and slightly to the left. These guys are hardcore <laughs> is what we're trying to say here. My favorite part of that scene is when the camera pans up above the door and you see the number 666. Yeah, uh-huh. And it becomes clear the producers drove to Home Depot and they bought three sixes in the hardware department for about 10 bucks. We're, like, we're putting them everywhere, guys. I feel, everywhere. I feel like they bought nines just to be safe. They, were <laughs> yeah. they didn't want to get in trouble. And they hired some sure. atheist to do it for yeah, put them right, to turn those. I'm not going to touch them while you flip, though. You, you just do, tell me you when you're it. done. We'll figure it out. Also, can we point out, this is where we're in Satan's evil lair. Mm-hmm. And Satan's evil lair is a PTA meeting with four people <laughs> sitting around with Ash Wednesday sixes on their foreheads. So like this is this is weird. That look they that look they had is exactly how I listen to god awful movies. I just want to <laughs> stony fearful silence. And well, and you know it's going to get rough now because apparently they're going to have a white wine spritzer. Right, this is where the alcohol gets involved. <laughs> so you know we're sinning now. Oh, so good. So, okay, so yeah, now he's in the devil's storefront or whatever, and the lyrics continue. He said things will get much better, and the night is New Age Eve. Not a thing. Uh, What the hell are you? Okay, (laughs) I can even change the weather. I can do things you won't believe. Like, of all the Satan powers, that's the one you're going to (laughs) highlight? Also, thunder. Thunder. Ooh, raining. Where did the Were you looking to have from? a picnic later? Because uh, <laughs> one soul later and it's sunshine. Better bring saying. your umbrella because I'm Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and then we see this woman. Oh my God. This, like, the hole in the ozone layer just follows this chick around. <laughs> right? She's got the eight foot 80s hair. Just, oh, amazing. Okay. I just. Quick question. I'm confused. So Satan, the Prince of Darkness, runs a small retail location in a strip <laughs> to get people discs. his thing. Yep. Sells wooden boxes and a revolver. <laughs> it's very, very confusing. I really just wanted to see him going around with a realtor finding this place. Yep, right. Just Satan being like, no, I'm not looking for like a big space. Just, you know, something... <laughs> Do you need a lot of foot traffic? No, I don't need like, it's really just this one guy that I, I need to, I'm going to hack into his Apple IIe and I'm going to start mining Bitcoin with all that computing power. Yeah, well, I right. just need to sell one guy a disc. It's just so, so yeah, so this is where he gets the disc, right? This is where he does his little handprint thing and the box opens and it's got the, the 666 floppy disc in there. Okay. Note on this idea of a handprint thing. What what happens is the Minnesota Seven comes over mm-hmm. and she puts his hand on the table, which someone to do with this music video was pretty sure they were going to do some special effects for at some point. <laughs> but he's just got his hand on the table for a second and then he sort of awkwardly takes his hand away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After like, nothing happened. Lasers. We're, we're I'm just going to say Look, We found this RV side <laughs> mirror. Just put your hand on it. <laughs> This is how pathetic my life has become at my age. I'm actually watching and going, oh, you know, that's really smart. He put the disc in a hard case to protect it from heat and moisture. (laughs) (laughs) They were they were they were pretty damn floppy back then. Um, He goes, when I asked him to explain, he just smiled and told me six, six, six. That's the lyrics there. And I'm just like, explain what? Yeah. And just one more time. So he's he's in a retail store owned by Satan that seems to offer designer floppy disks in mm-hmm. fancy antique 
gun boxes, also <laughs> undead prostitutes and the occasional wine tasting. That's where we are. I mean, I'm yeah, back on board, actually. Right, no, like, that's, I, I, like I would go to this jolly. store. If I'm being honest, I would go there. <laughs> yeah. This is basically our trip to Australia. If we're being honest. Like, <laughs> there are a lot of undead prostitutes down under is what we're How saying. How do you order that? Like, I walk in the store and say, look, I'd like a hooker, but I'd like her to look just like the girlfriend from The Last Starfighter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you exactly how to order that stuff. I'll tell you. Exactly. We get I got a guy. We'll go I got over a guy. We get over Don't worry. Wink. All right. So the song carries on. I said, Jesus, won't you save me from this evil man of sin? I've read about his future. I don't want to go with him. I don't want to seems like an understatement for going to hell. Like, I feel like you could be a little more enthusiastic. Wanna. Uh, also, now this is where he he goes to run, or Agent Smith bursts into flames. Is this the full body burn moment? Seth? Yeah, he's he's, he's the Antichrist, and he mm -hmm. goes into a full. He's actually it's like hell on earth. He epitomizes the Satan of hell or the Antichrist, who's Satan's agent from hell. And this was, you know, of all the things to get weird about, that this is apparently the scene which caused him to go back and do a re-edit, and the re-edit has him lift up a snow globe. <laughs> and inside the snow globe, there's like, I think, a skull that flashes in there. You know, the skulls they were using through the previous yeah. parts. And then there's like, you see the mushroom cloud of a nuke and little, uh, these little like defender video game lasers come out of his eyes toward the snow globe. It, it's not an improvement. That's all I'm going to say. That sounds like an improvement. I've got to be honest. You're selling it wrong if that wasn't an improvement. Okay. To be fair, I'm pretty sure the actor playing the Antichrist actually lit himself on fire like that guy is dead and that's why they cut it because they were like don't worry steve it's gonna be fine seth said he'd done pyrotechnics a whole twice <laughs> seth was just like oh i'm an atheist now nope nope, nope, nope done here. don't know who you're talking about my name's seth so okay but that's the thing they had to censor not like again yeah. there's a pedophilia reference yeah. later this is what they're focused Coming on up. that is telling I know. Welcome to my welcome to the welcome to the satanic panic of the mid. -80s. Yeah, no kidding. All right. So now this is where our hero in the video has to affect his escape. Where he throws the stool through the window. Oh, my gosh. He throws a comically tiny stool. <laughs> he throws a figurine from like Dungeons and Dragons stool out a window. And you can see everyone in the video be like, I mean, are you going to climb through that hole? I feel like you're going to hurt yourself really. Like your arm won't even fit. Ripped the stool out from in front of an easy bake oven, which was just yes. how small it was. So, and then he runs outside after escaping with his, his stool throw. And th these two sunglass cops grab him. This is where he kicks over the, the trash fire, apparently. There were some hobos back there a moment earlier that got called away. <laughs> so so he, he kicks over the trash fire and then a, a bowling ball rolls out of it. I, okay, I have no fucking idea what this was. <laughs> yeah. Seth, is this, a, is this a Christian thing? That there's a bowling ball in every fire? Is that what you all believe? I'm, I'm as lost as you are. I was, just stuck on, I was just stuck on the symbolism of trash fire inside the video. I thought this is the only <laughs> symbolism this video really needs. Yeah. 
And I love the fact I love the fact that they fucked up the continuity of a garbage can fire yes. over the course of ten seconds. Yes. It's burning and then it's out and then it's burning again across three cuts, like ten seconds. Like they didn't have the budget to keep that garbage can fire going the whole time. I'm just saying, like homeless people work that into their budget. <laughs> so all right. Then we okay. So this is, I guess, where we move on to sort of the second phase of this um, this story, because this is where we get the guy waking up. The lyrics come in and says, when morning came, I laughed at what I thought was just a dream. And I went to call my neighbor and tell him all I'd seen. And he was going to tell his neighbor about his dream, asshole. But when I reached for my address book. What the fuck is an address? <laughs> I'm sorry, wait, you have your neighbor's address in your address book. It's your address plus two. What the hell are you? What do you need this for? Hey, anyway. what's your address? <laughs> cool. All the people you you don't call your best friend, girlfriend, parent, sibling, the police. No, you call Wilson from Home Improvement who lives next door to give him the critical information that these are the last days. I mean, that's yes. perfectly sensible to me. Well, to try anyway. See, he would he reach for his address book. He felt sick. Ooh, sick. Because written across the page, every number there was 666. And we see this. He opens his little address book, and it's got 666 for all the phone numbers. I want to be at the planning meeting where Satan, this is his place. He's like, and you know what? Let's get in there and fuck up his address book. <laughs> they don't have to call. He'll have to ask everybody which number they had. <laughs> he like when you lose your iPhone. It's going to be a good time. Okay, what, if, what if we also have his, his printer print out a page entirely of sixes? Yeah, right. I feel like, I mean, it's a dot matrix. It's slow. He'll have to just wait while that happens. And that ribbon is Maybe that, that form feed will mess up and jam. And he'll have to refeed all those spokes through the little side holes. There'll be a break in the page and That's you just can't get it lined back up. Um, we're old. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, and then this is where I guess the the main character, the the uh, Christian Kevin Turkey Bacon, uh, gets sick of all this. <laughs> so he throws the disc out of the window, the the floppy disc, because now it's gone. Yeah, it's out of the world now. <laughs> a, a child is about to pick this up and lead himself into temptation, and the protagonist seems totally unbothered about the fact that he damns a child because he couldn't like go over to his trash can. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, good luck with that weird undead prostitute at the store. I guess you're you're 10. Cool. Well, and he actually picked up the disc and said, oh, look, it's leather goddesses of Phobos. And so what a great game. It, for those who were not children of the 80s, never mind. I'm sorry. That's a very obscure reference. Very Leather obscure. goddesses of Phobos. Leather goddesses got- of Phobos was a text-based video game that came out in the mid '80s. It was like Ooh. this. It was this thing. So when I see a five and qu- not that I ever play, it's just what I heard. And- <laughs> <laughs> honey, honey, if you're listening, I was I was actually stopping people from playing. Other- I, that's why I have all those copies and those posters. I'm keeping them. Leather other goddesses people. of Phobos actually opened for DC Talk and Dick Armo and Key on the Christian music circuit back in the. Oh. <laughs> All right. Now, I have to be honest because, like I said, as I'm watching through this video, of course, I'm nostalgic about the clothes, the hair, the 
data storage units, et cetera. Um, but I obviously I wasn't nostalgic about the music. So, Seth, be honest. Did you find yourself singing along? <sighs> no, I, I had the album. I I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I went to the, I drove to, to this, I went to this, I gave them my money. I bought, I owned, I'm so sorry. I'm, I bought, I, I was a fan. I went to their concerts. Oh, um, wow. I was, I was, a, and I played some keys, right? I played keyboards. So that guitar fantasy at one point was my own. <laughs> Oh, I had, you know, the parachute pants and the sock tie and all that crazy stuff. <laughs> I I had the mullet. I didn't do the perm, but I mean, I was very much that guy, you know. But yeah, yeah I, it, it's weird when you're a fan of Christian music, there's a part of you under the surface that knows it's shit, that knows it's terrible. But you desperately, so desperately wanted to succeed that it's like, you know, you have a child and, and you're like, oh, you're so wonderful and talented and, and what a great kid you are. And you're not looking objectively. You're looking at it through the eyes of, you know, <laughs> bias. That's exactly what we did with Christian music. But no, I, I was, I had the cassette and listened to it all the time. Sorry, I was there. Um, you guys oh, camped man. outside of Tower Records for the album release party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been researching Leather Goddesses of Phobos. It came with 3D glasses. No, 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 it no. Came- it's a, it's a text-based game, if I think. <laughs> But the box came with 3D glasses. Yeah, no, there was a 3D. There was a 3D picture on the box. Yes, just there was. Yes, just for the box. Yes, just yes. For the box. You open it's it a up. Uh. On the box, it says with alluring 3D and sensational scratch and snip. You should be in jail, Seth. You should be in jail. Wait, scratch and scratch snip? and snip? What? That's what it smell? says right on the cover of the what? box. Scratch what and is- snip. Okay, question, Seth. What does a leather goddess of Phobos smell like? I, I I have no recollection, Senator. <laughs> Senator. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get you in any more trouble, we're going to let you go. But Seth, thanks again. Here's hoping we can get you back on to relive some more traumatic childhood memories sometime. Thanks for letting me play along. Big fun. Before we snuff out the embers tonight, I want to remind you to pick up your tickets to Citation Needed live in Chicago on August 11th. There'll be a link on the show notes. Platinum Night tickets are selling out fast, and we're kind of heartbroken that you didn't show up at our last live show. Anyway, that's all the blast movie we've got for you tonight, but we'll be back in 10,022 minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show's Hot Friend God Awful Movies, debuting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our half-sister show, Citation Needed, debuting at noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, this wouldn't be a real show if I neglected to thank Heath Enright for putting up with my increasingly desperate Lucinda List 3 a.m. musings about whatever happened to Rick Moran. I need to thank Eli Bosnick for all the times he let me smell his finger. I need to thank your old pal Dan on Twitter for providing this week's Farnsworth quote. He's right, by the way. It really is that easy, and I'm starting to run low on Farnsworth quotes, so now would be a great time to send a few in. Check the contact page on the website for more details. Also, a lot of you wrote in to ask about Lucinda's dad. Thanks for that. He's doing a lot better. He's up and he's moving around now. Hopefully that means uh, Lucinda will be back soon, but she promises to catch you up on all the misogyny you missed while she was gone. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's most brilliant bipeds, Lars Angelo, Andrew, Ragnarok 7x7, Backer Kid, Raul, and Atro switch. Lars Angelo and Andrew, whose dicks are so intimidating, Battletoads brag about beating them, and Ragnarok 7x7 backer kit and Atropos Switch, who are so sexy that if I hadn't used nicknames, you'd have come, and that would have been messy and or dangerous. I don't know if you're driving. Together, these six savory secularists subsidize our struggle to subdue the serpentine side effects of the sanctimonious, splenetic sniveling from the sinister stooges of superstition this week by giving us money. 
Not everybody has the money to give us money, but if you do, we could use it. You can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash scathingatheist, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at scathingatheist.com. And if you'd like to help, but not in a giving us money kind of way, you can also help a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, telling a friend about the show, liking us on Facebook, and subscribing to us on YouTube. Legal services for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres, and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death threats, you'll find all the contact info on the contact page at scathingatheist.com. I'm going to ship myself from. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm going to ship myself from place to place with stamps.com. You're going to ship yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Mail. Let's say the word mail. Mail is better. (laughs) The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm LLC, copyright 2018, all rights reserved.